Is Tesla overvalued? We dive in on this energy and industrials edition of Industry Focus. Greetings, fools. Sean O'Reilly here at Fool Headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia. It is Thursday, May 12, 2016, and joining me in uh, via Skype to decide once and for all if Tesla is massively overvalued or just getting started on its path to world domination is Motley Fool contributor Daniel Sparks. Good morning, Dan. Hey, Sean. How's it going? Pretty good. I don't know if you maybe heard this on the news, but we're on like day 15 of just rain and clouds in D.C., so I got to ask, what is it like in Colorado right now? Uh, well... It's uh, finally getting sunny, which is nice. So we had we had um, a foot of snow on the first of May. So it was a wild start to the summer. I will <laughs> stop complaining now. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> um, so uh, we're talking Tesla today. It's been a long time coming. We don't nearly talk about um, this hugely important company nearly enough on the uh, energy and industrial show. And uh, you're kind of Mr. Tesla on Fool.com, and uh, full disclosure, you own one, so you're probably a little bit biased, and I do think the listeners should be aware of that. Yes. <laughs> but um, first thing we got to talk about is uh, valuation. Um, I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say that this puppy is uh, priced for, for perfection. Yeah, I, I definitely, um, I would have to agree that the stock is pricey, and that's something you won't see in my articles is me recommending the stock. Um, not that I'm a bear ad- advocating anyone to sell, uh, but I do own shares and I'm happy to own shares, um, but I haven't bought shares in a while. So they're on track to sell 80,000 cars this year. Where are they in terms of valuation compared to other automakers? Because, I mean, Ford sells 15, 16, 17 million cars a year. BMW sells like two or three, I think. I mean, where where does everybody stand? Yeah, so that is a good way just to quickly put it in perspective is, you know, we have a $28 billion market cap for for Tesla. Uh, they're on track to sell just 80,000 cars a year. So right away, we know this stock is priced for growth. So, you know, a lot of people, they want to get in early, they say, on a, a stock like Tesla, uh, because you know there's still much so much growth ahead but investors should always pay attention to things like this you, you know it, it was getting in early when this sort of growth wasn't priced in but at 28 billion dollars uh, the growth is priced in that's that's what what's happened the market does accept that tesla has a big op- opportunity ahead of it um so that's kind of how you know, right off the bat, you just need to recognize this is a stock price for growth. Um, now, there are some areas we could look at uh, that, you know, where the stock could live up to this valuation and uh, some particular areas I like to think of Tesla as growing into its valuation is the optionality that comes with uh, a CEO like Elon Musk and the optionality that comes with a powerful brand uh, with, you know, a first mover advantage that really has uh, carved out a niche for itself. So that's that's an area we could talk about. Okay. So what are the reasons to be optimistic that they could actually, you know, warrant a valuation that they're being awarded right now? Because you got GM being valued at $48 billion. I mean, that's mm-hmm. only $14 billion more than... Uh, 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 Tesla, BMW is at fifty billion. Um, another, you know, premium automaker. What does Tesla have to do in order to deserve this? So, 
So first of all, you know, there, there is that growth they want to live up to. And, um, and I think, I think we could talk about that in a, in a little bit. Uh, what we'll, we'll kind of, cause they did recently announce they're going to double down on their growth goals. Uh, so we'll come back to that. That's more of a topic of itself, but as far as the optionality, um, you know, you look at companies like Amazon is the perfect example of optionality. Now, I'm not saying Tesla can mimic that or mirror it, but perhaps uh, a concentrated version of how Amazon is expanded into different areas is how investors are kind of thinking about Tesla. So you look at Tesla and you have, uh, first of all, software. Tesla develops its own software uh, its own hardware, it builds its own computers in the the factory. Um, the The vehicles are far more vertically integrated than most auto manufacturers, and Elon Musk only wants to increase vertical integration. Um, they are they're tipping their toes in energy storage, dipping their toes. That sorry. seemed to come out of nowhere. I mean, they just one day, right. oh, Tesla announces the Powerwall, and I'm like, what the heck's the Powerwall? And <laughs> right, and and they've been really quiet about it. But you know, the business it, it is a success so far. Uh, sales are growing. In fact, they're on pace this year for the energy storage business to already be uh, a positive contributor to uh, their operating cash flow. Then we have um, Tesla as a supplier is something that could happen someday. They're they're far ahead of anyone else in uh, setting the foundation for building batteries, uh, for building you know the components of electric cars, um, and then there's just the unknown, the optionality that they could enter areas you know we we haven't really thought of um, you know and and that's kind of what happened to Amazon over time is there's areas that they expanded into that you know we would have never guessed but when you have a visionary like Elon Musk at the helm then. Those are uh, things you can understand. And, and then uh, this isn't just uh, pure speculation that uh, they'll probably expand to other areas. It's, it's almost certain. The brand is extremely powerful. Uh, Elon Musk has expressed interest in doing things like you know autonomous vehicles and vertical integration, all these things I mentioned. So Yeah. So it seems, is it conceivable to you that uh, Tesla starts licensing out parts or software to other manufacturers or like city buses or something because i know that musk has actually talked about how we need to rethink um public transportation um i mean is that kind of what you're alluding to yeah so you know i think that there will be things uh coming in the future uh one area a good example i guess we could turn to as an example is autonomous vehicles and you know he has said he's alluded to the fact that um, Tesla probably wouldn't uh, rely on someone like Uber or partner with someone like that. That they could actually become that middleman as far as providing some sort of uh, an autonomous service in the future. Uh, whether they do it or not, you know, this is still speculation. But uh, that's an example, and you know, they're putting their actions where their mouth is. When it comes to autonomous driving and uh, vehicles like that, you know it's it's the only car where you can get in, drive itself on the highway, and change lanes automatically for you. And frankly, you can't really uh, drive a car without changing lanes on the highway in the right. first place. So yeah, you had that great piece. Was it last year where you actually let your Tesla drive you on the freeway? Um, and yeah, I- yeah. So I did do sixty-one miles, and that 
uh, without touching the wheel. I, I did have to touch it to let the car know I was there occasionally, but yeah. that is a good example. You know, a, a car, uh, I, I couldn't have done that without changing lanes. So um, it, it is a huge advantage uh, where they're at, and they're pushing it aggressively. So they kind of exploded on it, that, that scene when the Model S was actually far behind. Uh, then they just exploded right into the lead position. Uh, and I think they're really going to be aggressive about pushing that in the future. So that's kind of an area of optionality we see with a company. Uh, and when you integrate your own software, you, you build, you know, you vertically integrate the hardware for that powers the software. Um, and, and you're increasingly vertically integrating your cars. It just uh, presents new opportunities that other automakers might not have, especially in, you know, this time of transition for automobiles. So that's kind of how I look at optionality. And I think that's one reason not to sell the stock if you already own it. Got it. So you do think that competition could theoretically be a good thing for Tesla? Yeah. So that's another area is that I I actually have always been excited about competition. And, you know, Elon Musk has pushed that view too, not very aggressively, uh, surprisingly. I, I don't think he really what, but he open sourced. I mean, right? Everything, exactly. So. Yeah. He so he's taken the actions, but he doesn't really talk about it very much. But I'm I'm pretty sure that Tesla uh, is is very happy, you know, to see competition, and not just because of their mission to, you know, reduce emissions over the long haul, but because uh, Tesla needs help convincing consumers that this is the mass market way to go. And it's not even something that, as a Tesla owner, I ever try to convince anyone of. There's no convincing someone that electric cars uh, make sense. It's just something you you kind of have to experience. So a Tesla owner has actually made me believe even more that we need competition. We need other electric vehicles on the road um, because for every car, it takes away from Tesla. For every customer, it takes away from Tesla. I think that it, it could expand uh, the addressable market, the total addressable market for fully electric vehicles by even more. The more so, the more mm-hmm. commonplace electric cars com- become, the, the more likely it is that the layman will buy a Tesla. Exactly. So I actually, um, that that is one of the interesting things that could potentially lower risk, in, in my view, of Tesla is uh, is competition. And and especially now that we see that you know there's obvious demand for it after the Model Three, and uh, so so it's it kind of uh, Tesla's growth is a risk, but at the same time the fact they're pulling in these competitors and competition, uh, you know, could spur demand for the total market. Awesome. So we uh, we have to pretty much talk about uh, their accelerated growth plans. Um, Earnings right. came out. They were not that super great. They just they've had a slew of executive departures, including was it the VP head of manufacturing? I I forget the guy's exact title. Um, but on the same day, or a couple of days after, during the earnings call, um, Musk announced that Tesla had moved its five hundred thousand dollar production goal from twenty 2020 twenty to twenty eighteen, two years ahead of schedule. Um, given Tesla's history of slightly falling short of its goals, you know, the Model X has been plagued mm-hmm. by delays and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. do you think this is realistic or not? Well, no, no. First of all, we'll just turn to why. And, you know, it does make sense that they push this production goal. You know, they wanted to build the 500,000 vehicles per year by 2020. They pushed it to 2018. Um, it, it makes sense that they did it. Um, yet, so the question is why? 
But, you know, after receiving, you know, their 400,000 um, deposit-backed reservations, not orders, um, that was a clear signal that, you know, the demand story for Tesla continues to look optimistic. So, mm-hmm. but just because they can, the demand is there doesn't mean that they're going to be able to pull it off. And so this is something investors should think about. Um, now, like you said, the Model X has came along with a lot of issues. There was, in, in let's see, the greatest issue for the Model X for sure was when it comes to product development. Uh, the car was arguably two years late. And that's that's a huge deal. And so, it wasn't because of the Falcon wing doors. So, <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was a range of issues. Now, you could say that Tesla decided to focus more on the Model S as sales began to take off because uh, prior to the Model S launch, the only significant number really mentioned was they expected to sell around 20,000 cars a year. And then it's clearly exceeded that. Uh, last year, they sold around 50,000 Model S. But there were more issues, and Tesla's admitted to that, so there there were problems. Uh, so that does, you know, it, it presents some some risk to the Model 3. Now, Elon Musk in the last earnings call was quick to say, you know, don't uh, don't relate Model X production to Model 3, that they're very unrelated. And it is fair to say that the Model X was probably one of the most complex vehicles ever made. In fact, um, GM actually said one time that, you know, Didn't they the buy Model one X was to impossible to produce. So, so even their competition would agree it's incredibly complex. And then the Model 3 was built from the ground up to be uh, easy to produce. Um, so, you know, there's a possibility they can do this. Um, it's going to create a lot of risks because, because of, you know, they're going to need to raise capital. They're going to, uh, and we could get into some of those risks toward the end. But, you know, I would say that there is a possibility it can happen, but w- the fact is, we are speculating. They're producing eighty thousand cars per year now, and Tesla's hoping they can produce five hundred thousand per year in just a few years. This is speculation. This is what it looks like, and you know, you look at the history, and it's it's unclear that they're able to pull this off. Did you hear that theory that mm-hmm. uh, it was floating around the internet, but uh, that Musk knows he's not going to reach the twenty eighteen goal? He just did it to get a sense of urgency all throughout Tesla HQ. Yeah, well, he talked at length about that during the earnings call and I think that comes back to this LA Times article where and LA Times and Elon Musk have been going back and forth for years now. Um they have a long history of kind of duking it out in in the form of articles and tweets, but um basically I think that the basis of that article was they just went into the risk factors section of Tesla's most recent 10Q. Uh, and obviously, any investor who reads 10Qs and 10Ks knows that it, you're just obligated to lay out you know, risks and worst-case scenarios. And every company, no matter how bullish the CEO might be, uh, lays out very you know, bad scenarios in the risk factors section um, and you know puts it all out there just because they have to. So that's kind of the basis of that. But um, he did mention in the most recent call that you know this this is um, this is an aspiration, uh, but they are confident that they can get close to it. So awesome. Uh, so 
What do you think the risks are? Because, you know, you do think they are revolutionary. You know, they're obviously doing something that's impossible. GM has admitted that the Model X, as you say, is practically impossible to make. Um, they did, they did like buy a model just to get a look at it. Didn't they? I didn't make that up. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think that that's normal for automakers to do that. Yeah. It happened with the Model S too. And the Model um, X. what do you think are the risks to owning Tesla, especially in light of new growth goals, basically? So let's see, I, you know, the, the big, there's the obvious risks like competition, uh, could come in and demand could, could fall. We kind of talked about that a little bit, but specifically to the business, when it comes to bigger goals, it doesn't. It's not all you know positive and rosy. There's some significant problems that come along with that. And Tesla alluded to all of these problems in its most recent call and uh, its most recent letter, in particular. And uh, one of them is higher capital expenditures, which you know Tesla not producing any operating cash flow right now. Uh, typically needs to fund its CapEx with outside funds. Um, so let's talk about CapEx for a second. So this year they expected to spend about $1.5 billion on capital expenditures. That was actually down very slightly from last year, and that was that was a good thing. I was, I was happy as a shareholder to see. There's, they still have these huge growth goals, but they're able to actually spend less this year. And then in the first quarter – um, they they held to that their their capital expenditures fell forty seven percent sequentially and they were showing some huge discipline in their spending uh, but you know alongside these goals they're going to have to spend more so they announced they're going to have to spend fifty percent more than they thought so instead of one point five million uh, they're going for two point two five million this I'm sorry billion two point two five billion this year is what they're planning to spend. So CapEx is jumping way up from last year. Um, so that's that's a problem. So Is that because of the Gigafactory or? No, so that's just everything related to their enhanced goals. So uh, the Gigafactory has already been quite an aggressive investment, uh, but I'm sure that some of that is going toward the Gigafactory, but mostly we're talking Model 3 uh, development, uh, you know, paying the suppliers to make sure they're they're hitting their deadlines, uh, they're develop, you know, tooling the factory, uh, things like this. So that's going to be a lot of uh, w- what this is going toward. And then, uh, you know, obviously the expensive salaries of Silicon Valley, et cetera. Naturally. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so yeah, higher CapEx this year. That's that's a big risk. And it is a risk for a company like Tesla who doesn't have operating cash flow. And that kind of leads us into the next, rich, uh, next risk, which is their delayed cash flow goals. So... You know, we're also talking not just higher capital expenditures, but higher operating expenses this year. So, I th- I think you have to double check me, but they were planning for operating expenses to increase about twenty percent this year. Now they're saying somewhere around twenty, a range of twenty to twenty five percent, and that extra five percent is is a pretty big deal uh, when you're, you know, when like I said, you you don't have operating cash flow, so. Um, this has led them to delay their cash flow goals for this year, um, which their cash flow goals, to put it in perspective, was not to be cash flow positive on a free cash flow basis. We're talking uh, core operating cash flow, which is actually a non-GAAP metric uh, that Tesla has that 
basically accounts for their the money coming from their asset backed line, uh, and that's kind of a longer story. But um, it's it's not a good cash situation, so they're going to be spending more cash, delay their cash flow goals to be uh, nearly positive operating cash flow this year. Uh, so those are two risks uh, that are big ones, and then the final one is they're going to have to raise more capital. Uh, so obviously, not producing operating cash flow, they're going to need to either have an equity sale or go to the debt markets. Uh, you know, which either means diluted ownership for shareholders or more debt. So this is this is a lot of increased risk. Obviously, if they pull it off, it could be more reward, but huge risk too. Got it. So, what do you think the prospects are of a capital raise coming around? I think it's almost certain. Uh, you know that they're management emphasized they're trying to fund as much as they can with their own funds uh, but you know having a buffer is important and they're going to try to de-risk as much as they can by uh, raising equity or going to the, they haven't specified exactly how they're going to raise capital i i suspect it would be you know raising equity given the valuation of the stock but uh, it's not entirely sure just because the stock is down i think uh per- by double-digit percentage points, somewhere around there, uh, from when they last raised uh, equity. So, got it. Yeah, I mean, they had 1.4 billion in uh, in cash in the bank as of March 31st, but um, I mean, accounts payable was a billion. So, I mean, they're definitely going to need to <laughs> right raise some cash. But anyway, all right. Yeah. So, uh, thank you for your thoughts. You get the final say. Um, New money, you don't seem to think that uh, they should uh, step up to the plate and buy into uh, Tesla. Well, yeah, I I mean, the stock is down recently, so it makes it a little better buy. But as far as buying high-priced stocks like this, I, I usually prefer just to put a little bit in, get my feet wet, uh, see how I feel. The stock goes down more, maybe maybe buy some more. That's That's kind of how I'd approach it at this time. Um, but I, I definitely wouldn't be selling. I think they're... You know their execution compared to their aspiration sometimes falls short. Uh, but if you just you know put away those aspirations and look at what Tesla's doing, it's some pretty big stuff. Awesome. Well, at the very least, you definitely recommend their cars. Yeah, I enjoy the car. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thanks for your thoughts, Dan. We will catch you uh, later. All right. Thanks. Have a good one. And if you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Once again, that is industryfocus at fool.com. And as always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Dan Sparks, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on! 